Cause sometimes I be right. Hello. Welcome to the show. How's everybody feeling? How's everybody doing? As we gather here today, we are officially, officially in week one of college football. That's right. Gotta be honest with you. I'm a bigger fan of college football than I, than I am of NFL. There I said it. Put it out there. I put my cards on the table. I'm a bigger fan of the of college football than I am of NFL. For multiple reasons. Right? I think I think one of the reasons why I'm a bigger fan of college football is just the quantity of games you get on a weekly basis. When I was uh when I was younger, like high school days, right? Um before Thursday night football was a thing, Thursday night was always a big college football night. So, you know, during the week, you sitting there, Thursday night ain't nothing going on, football. Friday night, there'd be one or two games on. Saturday from noon until after midnight, games all day, multiple channels, multiple regions, it's everywhere. Then you got to Sunday and it felt like, you know, you got your regional game where you got, I'm, I'm in the, the tri-state area, so I'm getting the Jets and the Giants. Maybe the Eagles, if you get that oddball Philadelphia channel, depending on your location. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The NBC Fo- 10. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Fox, D- Philadelphia, you know, all that stuff. So it always just felt like restricted, like you couldn't do it. Of course, you can get the NFL package, but come on, man. Who had money for that? Back in the day, you used to have to have a dish, a satellite dish, right? You used to have that. You, used to, you needed that in order to get the NFL package. And then it went to like, DirecTV, you don't need the dish, right? Something like that. Now YouTube TV has it. So again, you got to have YouTube TV, and then you pay the extra premium for that, which is a couple hundred dollars, bro, to watch games. Meanwhile, college football's got 45 games on Saturday, seven games on Thursday, three games on Friday, and every once in a while, as like this week, you'll get a Monday game. But I know NFL's king, but I've, I've always loved college football, and that's one of the reasons why. Another reason why is there's... I know they say home field advantage in the NFL, but I feel like that's it's not that big a deal. Like you don't have to worry about traveling and things like that, but I've watched home teams lose games. I've watched the better team go on the road and win a playoff game. But in college football, a road night game is different. I've been to NFL games, I've been to college games. The atmosphere is different, man. It's different. The energy, it's electric. Like, it's different. It's more exciting. Yes, I know you'll have blowouts. You'll have teams like Georgia play, University of Tennessee, Martin. (laughs) UT Martin, and they'll win 77-3. And it's like, oh, that game's terrible. Not if you're a Georgia fan. It's fun. Yeah, we destroyed them. We blew them out. Like, yeah, it happens. 
but you're also going to get a lot of really good games. Even if your team's not playing, like, I don't care what nobody says, USC versus Notre Dame is a good game. Georgia-Tennessee, good game. Got to watch those. There's plenty of games like that. Ohio State-Penn State, yes, I'm a fan of Ohio State, but even if you're not, Ohio State-Penn State, good game. Ohio State-Michigan, good game. Rivalry week, come on, they don't have that in the NFL. I'm a Cowboys fan. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Commanders. I hate the Giants. But losing, watching those games and seeing Dallas lose to any one of those does not bother me as much as losing, watching Ohio State lose to Michigan. It's a different thing. It's a different. Also, the stakes are higher because, you know, it's like uh, it's like voting to get in to a playoff, even with the with the playoff system now, because it used to be the BCS, so it used to have that. Now you got the the voting system. Where are you gonna? Where are they gonna vote you? So that matters. You got to build a resume, and so the stakes are just higher. Each week just means so much more. The energy is so much higher. There's less games. There's more meaning to each game. You have just this electric energy, man. So I'm very excited. For uh, for for college football to be back, and uh, this year, uh, Cyber Picks will be every top twenty-five game. So I will be pulling up the top twenty-five each week, and I will be picking those games, including top twenty-five teams. That's what I'll be doing. I can't do every college football game because that's crazy, but I will be picking the top 25 games. And uh, so we're going to have a lot of picks we're making this year. And, and and in the NFL, I'll be doing, I'll be picking every game and every game against the spread. So it's an exciting time. But let's intro this thing. Late, better late than never, right? What up, Cyber Family? If this is your first time joining us, welcome. This is Sometimes I'd Be Right. I'm your host, John Farris, reporting live from Trash Can Studios. As always, join my co-host, Wally. Say what up, Wally! We at Trash Can Studios, at Cyber Network, at Cyber Pod, we are excited. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> As I said, college football is here. I have a whole bunch of picks for you. We'll get to those at the end. I'll explain a little bit why I pick certain things. Uh, I have a gripe. I have a gripe right off the bat. Week one, I got a gripe. I'll get into that. But I wanted to start uh, with the big news that happened right after. Like literally right after I finished the episode last week. Uh, the news came out that the 49ers traded Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, look, I posted on my social media that I love the move. I love it for a variety of reasons. Now, the the the, the funny part, the ironic part, is in the last episode, I talked about how the 49ers should hold on to him. That talent-wise, he's far more talented than Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. Talent-wise, there is no question how talented this kid is. And the fact that you have him under contract for the next two years before you have to pay him big, big money. Why was everyone saying you got to get him out of town? I didn't understand it. I thought, like, hold on to him. See if he develops. Hey, whatever. 
And sure enough, wouldn't you know it, my team, my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, swoop in there, trade a fourth-round pick, and pick up this kid, Trey Lance. Now, what does it mean? Uh, You've heard a lot of people talk about, uh, are they losing faith in Dak Prescott? I don't think so. But here's what I do know. Dak Prescott has a big price tag. And I think he's got like two years left on his contract before you would either have to, you could you could let him go and not be strapped financially, or you'd have to make a decision to give him some sort of extension. Now, at that point, Dak would be 32 years old, obviously not washed or done, but the fact that you would have a young quarterback waiting in the wings with that level of talent, it could mean something. It also says to me, The benefit of it is, if Dak goes down, you now have the backup who potentially could be your quarterback of the future. And if that's the case, now you get to see what he could do. You get to see him every day in practice. And like I said with the 49ers, perhaps you might be able to do something like sign him to a four or five year extension without having to give him real big money because the value, his stock is so low. You might be able to do that and get yourself in a situation where like, yo, we got this guy dirt cheap and he's going to turn out to be our franchise quarterback. Because again, my bad. Because again, the only way to win Super Bowls is to have a great quarterback or a cheap quarterback. That's it. You can't be paying Dak Prescott $47 million and not think that he's the guy. It just doesn't work that way. So I love the move because what you gave up was a fourth round pick. Well, I think it's safe to say the Cowboys would be in the market to draft a backup next year in the fourth or fifth round. So you got a guy who you feel like is better than whoever you're going to get the fourth or fifth round. And again, expectations doomed this kid. He was very raw very inexperienced, tons of talent, very little gameplay, game action, going from Division One AA to now the NFL with the big boys. It was going to take him some time to get into some sort of a groove or to find his way. I think the expectations that he was going to be this monster has affected the way anybody looks at him. I don't think Trey Lance has done anything in the limited time you've seen him that lets you say or makes you say he's no good at all trash no he just looks like a guy who needs more time and that's fine if he's a fourth round pick it's not fine if he was the third overall pick that we traded two first rounders for and there my friends is the real story the cowboys got a bargain here the expectations have been reset no one's expecting him to come in and take Dak's job they're expecting him to come in and learn and develop And in a year or two, we can see maybe there is a conversation. Maybe they can move off of Dak Prescott if they they feel like this guy is the better long-term solution. You just give yourself options if you're the Cowboys and all you had to give up was a fourth-round pick, which you probably were going to use on a quarterback in next year's draft anyway. I love the move. I told you we were going to be doing um, what I'm calling rookie watch. I told you I was going to get a, a sound clip. Rookie watch. That's not, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll workshop it. 
All right, we'll workshop it. By the time week one comes, we'll have something. Uh, what I want to say is this. I'm hearing a lot of conversation now. I'm seeing a lot of people post videos. The chatter is going on about Clayton Toon and is he the future of the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. I told you that. I said that going into the draft. This guy, this he's every bit as good as CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Now, obviously not like on the same level, but he's not far behind. Whoever picked him up was getting a really good guy, a good player, a guy that could come in and start 10 to 12 years for your franchise, put you in a position that is capable of winning a Super Bowl, is probably just going to hold the ship steady. That's what you're getting. Kyler Murray is out of there, bro. Not only is he coming off an injury, but he's coming off a really bad year. He's got a whole bunch of concerns about his commitment to the sport and to the game. And you bring in this kid who's super competitive, coming from Texas where football is life. He's used to playing in the bright lights. He's used to pressure. This kid goes to Houston, puts up numbers, gets completely disrespected going into the draft, gets completely overlooked. You draft this kid. He's mature. He's older. He's played a bunch of college football, 40-plus starts. So you have that. He comes in. He looks the part. He looks the part. And so for me, it's like that guy looks like a professional quarterback. Kyler Murray doesn't look like a professional quarterback. He looks like a guy who's got a bunch of talent. But that's it. He don't have the headspace. He don't seem like he's committed in the right ways. Clayton Toon is the future. Kyler Murray, get him out of there. And I, I'm, I said it. Going into the draft, I said it coming out of the draft, I said it two weeks ago, I said it last week, I do not understand the excitement for Anthony Richardson. I don't get it. If I have to watch a player and I have to try to find the good in his game, that's not good. I shouldn't have to, if you squint and you look here, you look at where his head was at. He was going to the right guy. He didn't get it there, but he had the right idea. Like, no, that's not how this works. Anthony Richardson is never going to be as good as you believe he can be. And in fact, I don't think he's going to be any good at all. I think he's going to skate by on like, look at the talent, look at the talent, look at the talent. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's going to produce much. I don't. So much so that the conversation is he's going to be a big factor in the run game. Since when do we draft quarterbacks to be in the run game? You all can buy in if you want to. You can love this kid if you want to. I know he's got so much talent. I've seen it. I've seen talent. I've seen talented players come in the league and not really do much. Especially at the quarterback position. It takes more than just talent. And that guy showed you nothing at Florida to give you the indication that he can be a great passing quarterback. He's showing you athletic ability. He's showing you tremendous arm talent. He's showing you flashes of, wow, look at that. But he's also showing you flashes of, wow, look at that. Ugh. Yeah. And what you get is a mixed bag. What you saw in week three of the preseason versus the Eagles 
is what it's going to be all year. Moments where you say, wow, and moments where you say, wow. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I'm not buying it. I Nope, nope, not buying it. Bryce Young, of course, looked like Bryce Young. Always calm, always relaxed. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Looks confident, but like, he is what he is. He's limited, in my opinion. But, again, I thought he was second best in the draft. I didn't think he was... I don't think he's much worse than C.J. Stroud. Like, I don't think he's bad. I don't think it's like C.J. Stroud and then the field. Like, I think Bryce Young has a lot of good qualities. And I think he's going to be very successful in the NFL. But what I really want to key in on is C.J. Stroud. Because, remember, I've said, I've been saying this for years. Since this show started, I've told you, I always pay attention to small moments where you can see something click. And that week two game in the preseason, C.J. Stroud seemed like it clicked for him. You know how they always say, like, the game slows down? Everything's going so fast, and then all of a sudden it just slows down, and you can just see things clearer? It looked like that's what happened in that second game. Like, he just everything slowed down, and he realized, oh, I got this. And from And from that point in that game on, I'll I'll look it up and find the exact like play where it like looked like it clicked for him. But from that play, carrying through the third preseason game, even though we only have four attempts, he looks like I got this. CJ Stroud is gonna win offensive rookie of the year this year. CJ Stroud is going to be in the conversation next year the way that people are feeling about Trevor Lawrence now. C.J. Stroud is going to skyrocket at the end of this year and say, that guy's good. And I will come back at the end of this season and I will ask all those people who said C.J. Stroud is going to be no good because he's from Ohio State. I'm going to ask them, what say ye now? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm talking king trash because I believe in it. I'm confident. I know what I see, and what I see is a supremely talented player who is supremely confident and is going to be given the keys and say, go make it happen, and that's a guy that can go make it happen. That is a competitive kid. That is a kid who has all of the intangibles. He has all of the physical abilities. He has the right makeup. He has the right drive. I'm all in. That's all I got. That's all I got for for anything outside of college football. But now let's get into college football. I want to start by saying this. Week one, very easy to pick games. I am almost certain I'm going to go undefeated in my college football picks this week. Because what I said I had a gripe. Here it is. The the. My least favorite thing about college football, at least early in the season, is all of these cupcake schedules. All of them. They're all bad. Like, there's a couple in here. So, you got Utah playing Florida. That's a good matchup. You got Michigan playing East Carolina. It's not the worst. You got Tennessee playing Virginia. Okay, TCU, Colorado. Okay. Oklahoma, Arkansas State, don't love it. 
Iowa playing Utah State. Incredible. Ole Miss playing Mercer. Oregon playing Portland State. Like, like what? Notre Dame playing Tennessee State. I mean, you're an independent, so I guess you just got to fill your schedule. Wisconsin playing Buffalo. Georgia playing UT Martin. Kansas State playing Southeast Missouri State. Alabama playing Middle Tennessee. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Do better. Do better. It's almost like a preseason without a preseason. I don't like that because there's going to be a lot of blowouts here. But one one thing I do want to take away. I want to go through these games one by one, and I kind of want to give my opinion on what I think is going to happen, if I have a real strong opinion. Otherwise, I'm going to say, look, this team is just better, Blue Bloods. Like, it is what it is. They're going to win. But some of these games have something interesting to me. Let's start with Utah over Florida. I'm taking Utah to beat Florida. Why? Well, Utah's at home. Utah has a formula, and they have a system, and their players have already bought in. Florida is going to be bringing in a new quarterback. Florida is one of those teams that is always going to be very talented, but you don't know if they're going to put it all together right out the gate. They're a team that's going to play tough, going to be physical, going to be in the game, but do they have enough or do they have that special uh, to get them over the hump? I'm going to take Utah because I trust what Utah has built. I trust their system. I trust their players. I trust their coach. I trust just the brand of Utah at home to get this dub over Florida, although I think it is going to be tough. Michigan playing East Carolina. Come on, no-brainer. East Carolina's taking out Michigan because Michigan's trash. I'm just kidding. I wish. I would love that. I got Michigan beating East Carolina because, look, they're just better. As much as I hate Michigan, I'm not going to pretend like Michigan isn't a well-put-together team who also, much like Utah, has a way that they play, and that's what they're going to do, and they trust it, they believe in it, and they they can execute it to perfection. I think they take care of East Carolina fairly easy. I got Tennessee beating Virginia. I think Tennessee, even though they're replacing a bunch of players, a bunch of high-powered players on offense, I think the offensive system brought out the best of those guys, and I think it'll do the same for whoever's coming in to take over. I just don't see I don't see Virginia having enough to keep up with Tennessee and the firepower in that offense. I think the offense is going to pick up right where it left off. I think you're not going to notice a difference at least early in a game like this. Maybe later you will, but I don't anticipate that earlier. Now TCU playing Colorado, I've got This one to me was interesting only because my my heart wants to go with Colorado because I love Coach Prime. I love Deion Sanders. I love what he's doing. I love the old school approach. I love the way he talks to guys. I love, you know, what he's trying to put together. But here's the thing. TCU has been there, done that. TCU has guys that have been together. Who, like You know what I mean? Like, they, again, a, an established program. This is what we do. If we recruit you, we're bringing you in here to do this. This is what we do. It is established. It is known. There are no confusions. Right. This is what we do. Colorado is now under Coach Prime going to be debuting some new stuff. Guys playing together in games for the first time. Like a lot of new faces is going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of energy, a lot of hype, 
a lot of room for error. I think in a game of this magnitude, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust uh, TCU to take care of business and beat Colorado. I think that game is close early. I think TCU ends up pulling away late. Um, I think for Colorado, this is one of those games where you just want to show up and play well, win or lose. It doesn't really affect you that much. Oklahoma and Arkansas State, I got Oklahoma for obvious reasons. Iowa, Utah State, I got Iowa. I think even though they struggle on offense seemingly every year, defensively they always show up, and offensively they always seem to get enough in Utah State. What are they honestly bringing to the table? Um, Ole Miss playing Mercer. Ole Miss, obviously, who is Mercer? That they sh- that should be a T-shirt. Oregon over Portland State. Yeah, duh. Oregon, I think Bo Nix is going to come back and have a good year. Um Ohio State playing Indiana. Come on now. What you think? I got Ohio State. Uh I do have to talk I do have to take a moment to talk about Ohio State though because they did Ryan Day did come out and announce that Kyle McCord will be the starting quarterback versus Indiana and does say that Devin Brown will see some playing time in that game. Now, I didn't really comment on this. I don't think I commented on this too much, but the quarterback battle between Devin Brown and Kyle McCord. Here's the thing. I know that I'm wrong. I'm going to come out and I'm going to say it right off the rip. I know this is not true because everything I read, everything I hear, every time I see someone else analyze it, it is the opposite of what I'm thinking. When I watch Kyle McCord, I don't I don't love his arm. I don't. I don't think he has a really good arm. I don't think he has that zip that you need to see. I I I question his arm talent. I question his ability to throw the ball when the weather gets cold and you're late in the season and you got to make some throws. I question if he's capable of doing it. Devin Brown, however, man, when you watch him play, he looks like he don't really know what he's doing out there. And that's to be expected. Young kid doesn't have as much experience. But here's what I'll say. When it comes to physical ability, I think Devin Brown is hands down better. But when it comes to knowing what to do, knowing how to run the offense, knowing who to get it to, I think Kyle McCord is better. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Devin Brown at some point this year gets in and starts a couple games or even takes over as a starter. Because I think talent-wise, I think he's much more talented than Kyle McCord. I think Kyle McCord is just much more prepared right now to take over. That would be my guess. That's my That's my analysis on that. I got Washington beating Boise State. I got Texas beating Rice. I think Texas is one of those teams that seemingly underachieves every single season. I don't think this year will be dramatically different. I think they're going to lose a game or two that they should win. But it's Rice. I mean, come on. It's Rice. Rice It doesn't have the talent to compete with Texas. If Texas loses to Rice, just forfeit the rest of the season. Um, I got Notre Dame beating Tennessee State. Look, Notre Dame in week one. Versus Navy looked dominant. Sam, Sam, uh, what? See, I do this all the time. Uh, Sam Hartman. I don't. I, I wanted to say Sam Howell, knowing that that wasn't right. I don't know why my brain's all over the place. But Sam Hartman looked the part. And I'm going to say this now. I think I when he went over there, when he transferred there, I thought that that was the missing piece for Notre Dame, because not only is he a good quarterback. But more importantly, he's a gamer. 
And he fits into that culture that they have of that toughness, that grit, that grind. Notre Dame is back in a big way. And that kid is going to be a big reason. And they're going to do big things this year. We'll get more into that later. I got Wisconsin beating Buffalo. I got Georgia beating UT Martin. I got USC beating Nevada. But can I say, I know the world is so, so obsessed with Caleb Williams and thinks he's amazing. I don't see it. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater because I know he's a good player. I'm just not ready to say that he's some godsend. I'm not ready to say he's hands down the best quarterback coming out. I'm not ready to say he's one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in a long time. I'm not saying I'm not going. I'm not going that far. I think he's I think he's got great arm talent, great arm talent. But I also think. He, he does stupid things. I do. And I think he relies a lot on that arm talent and gets himself into bad situations and is able to get bailed out because he's playing at USC and it's college. I think going to the next level, that's not going to work. We've seen a lot of guys with that ridiculous arm talent who can make off-script plays, and it don't work like that. I don't know. Season It's only been one game. We'll see what happens. I got Kansas State over Southeast Missouri State because pff, why not? I got Texas A&M beating New Mexico. I got Alabama beating Middle Tennessee. Come on, that shouldn't even be. Don't even play that game. Just give them the money and tell them to go back home. I got Penn State beating West Virginia. I got North Carolina beating South Carolina. I've got Tulane over South Alabama. I've got Oregon State beating San Jose State. I have LSU beating Florida State. And I have Clemson beating Duke. Now, that LSU-Florida State game is probably the best matchup of the weekend. That one's going to be very fun to watch. I can't wait to watch that one. That's going to be a lot of fun because last year that game was ridiculously close. But I feel like with another year with Brian Kelly, I think that team is going to come back and have a better idea of what they are and what they want to be and how they want to play and how they have to get things done. And I think that's going to bode well for them. So I think this game for them, I think they're going to be more in their P's and Q's. Last year, I feel like when you watch the game, they looked like they were still trying to figure it out on the fly. And then towards the end of the game, they started putting some stuff together, started believing, and it looked better. I think that same thing going into this year applies where now that we have an idea of what we're doing, what we want to do, it's going to be even better the next go around. So I think LSU wins over Florida State. Now, I know the question you were all asking before I get out of here is you want to know, hey, John, what do you think uh, the final four is going to be? Who do you think are going to be the four playoff teams and who do you think is going to win the natty? All right. Um, So the four teams that I have. Hmm. See, I haven't picked a winner who I think is going to win the title yet. I'll say this. Oh, man, sorry. Here's my four. I'll give you my four, and then we'll kind of talk through it as to who I think is going to win out. So my four teams in are Ohio State. I swear to you, I'm not being biased. I will, I will back it all up. So I have Ohio State. I have LSU because, again, I think LSU is going to have a much better year under Brian Kelly. I think they are ready to go. I think they are poised to make a run. 
I think Georgia is going to be there as well. And for me, the, the fourth team in, I'm putting Notre Dame. I think Sam Hartman is going to make that much of a difference. I think they've already had the, the infrastructure to say they're going to play tough, strong defense. So they're going to be in every game because of the defense. The offense is predicated on running the ball, and now they have a quarterback who can make plays. And I think that offense is going to look better than it has in years. And I think that's going to be a big difference, and I think they get in. Now, let me start with this. Let me start with my defense of Ohio State and why I am not biased. Okay? So as I look up, so what I do is you look at the schedules and you say, all right, where are the losses? When I look at the schedule, they have Indiana. Do I think they're going to lose to Indiana? No. They have Youngstown State. Do I think they're going to use to them? Lose? Did I say use? Do I think they're going to use to them? Do I think they're going to lose to them? No. They then play Western Kentucky. Do I think they're going to lose to Western Kentucky? No. They then go on the road to Notre Dame. For a night game. Now, I started this show by saying road night games in college football are crazy. Even if they lost that game, which I'm not sure which way I'm going with that. That's one loss. They then play Maryland and Purdue. Do I think they're losing to either of them? No, I think they're better. Can they lose? Of course they lose. They're going to Purdue. That's always a tricky game for Ohio State, simply because I hate Purdue so much. But we'll talk about that the week of. Then they have Penn State at home. Penn State right now is ranked number seven. We don't know where they're going to be. This is a late October game. We don't know where Penn State's going to be. They then go on the road to Wisconsin. Come on, I don't think, I don't think Wisconsin is. I don't think Wisconsin is beating Ohio State. They got Luke Fickle coming in. They got a new coach that's still trying to figure things out. It is a late October game, so perhaps. But I, I would pick Ohio State to win that. I think they'll be favored. They go two Rutgers. They're going to beat that ass. They always do. They always will. It does not matter. Then they come back home against Michigan State. Do I think they're going to lose that? No. Minnesota? No. And then they go on the road at Michigan. A rival. A game that, for me, means everything. Worst case scenario, they have three losses if you want to think they're losing to Penn State. Best case scenario or a slightly better case scenario is they lose two games, Notre Dame and Michigan. Best case scenario or I guess a better than that is one loss. Last year, they lost to Michigan and still got in. This year, if they lose to Notre Dame but beat Michigan, they can still get in. A one loss Ohio State with their only loss being on the road in September to Notre Dame, if Notre Dame ends up getting in, yeah. It's not bias. It's just that Ohio State, based on their schedule and based on their talent, based on what they've done in the past decade, they're going to be in the conversation. I think they get in, and if it's close, I think they get on a reputation. And I'll put my cards on the table. I think they're beating Michigan this year. I do. I do. Because, again, expectations matter. Michigan has been chasing Ohio State the past two seasons, and they won. Two years ago, they were not picked to win at all. They won. Last year, they were not picked to win at all. They felt disrespected. They won. Coming into this year, I think you would kind of expect them to win now, right? There's going to be a lot more people that think like, ah, Michigan might be able to do it again. 
It's different. Now Ohio State becomes the hunter. I said last year that as much as it sucks, as much as I hate it, as a fan, like I don't ever want to see them lose to, to Michigan, there is something cool about now having to chase them. Now having to be reminded of, oh, we can lose that. Oh, no, that could be a loss. Don't take it for granted that you're just going to win every year. Now you got to go out there and prove it. And I think it's I think they're going to do it this year. That's why I think Ohio State is going to get in. Now let's look at LSU. Because some of you might say, why LSU? Why do you think LSU is going to go? Well, LSU is playing this big game against Florida State to start the year. Number one, win or lose. They're get, if they lose this game to Florida State, they're getting a pass. It's week one. It's the toughest matchup of any top 25 team in the country. You're getting a pass for that. Okay? You are 100% getting a pass for that. Then you look at the rest of their schedule. Grambling. Mississippi State. Arkansas. Ole Miss. Missouri. Auburn. Army. Alabama. Florida. Georgia State. And Texas A&M. Outside of Alabama, you can make a case that LSU is better than every other team on their schedule. So if they handle business and they do what they're supposed to do based on their schedule, they might come out of here with one loss. Now, again, I think that they're beating Florida State. So that one loss would maybe come against Alabama. But is Alabama, excuse me, is Alabama going to be Alabama as we've always known them? Or are they going to have one of those years where they take a step back again? Where they're not quite there, where they're there to be had. And if LSU come November 4th when they play Alabama, maybe LSU is rolling. And maybe Alabama's not really hitting that stride. It's possible. Looking at their schedule, like, come on, man, it's possible. It's possible. And if they get through undefeated, then losing in the SEC championship game ain't going to matter. They'll still get there because look at their resume. Look at the teams they beat. Now, Georgia, come on, Georgia's the number one team in the country, right? And Georgia is loaded with talent, right? And look at their schedule. Okay? So they they start with UT Martin. Then they get Ball. Then they get South Carolina. Then they get UAB. Then they have Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Georgia Tech. The toughest game on their schedule right now is Tennessee, and that's the second-to-last game, and we have no idea how good Tennessee is actually going to be. That's a cupcake schedule. That is a coast. Stop. George is in. Guarantee. Chalk it up. Lock it up. It's in. Now, the more interesting one is, in fact, Notre Dame. And why I think Notre Dame is going to make it, again, let's refer back to the schedule. They have Navy. They won. They have Tennessee State, NC State, Central Michigan. They got Ohio State. It's a tough game. Then they have Duke. They have Louisville. They have USC. They have Pittsburgh. They have Clemson. They have Wake. And they go to Stanford. Now. The three games that stand out, obviously, are Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. Right now, all top 10 matchups. We don't know. USC's had a terrible defense. Their defense is going to be bad this year. 
They're going to be the same team this year they were last year. Why? Because that's what Lincoln Riley teams are. They're going to be bad defensively. Offensively, they're going to make a bunch of plays. But guess what? You can beat that team. They're not unbeatable. And now that you have a quarterback who's going to be able to match points with Caleb Williams and take advantage of your bad defense, I think I like Notre Dame's chances in that game. Now, I got them losing to Ohio State, I think. I'm not making the official pick yet. But let's say they lose to Ohio State. I think they're very capable of beating USC. And I think they're very capable of beating Clemson. Because they almost did it. Like, what, the past couple years they've almost beat them. And that's without this quarterback. I'm telling you, Sam Hartman is a gamer. He's played these teams before. He's not afraid of these teams. He's not afraid of them. He's not nervous about the moment. He's ready to go. He's locked in. He's a gamer. Massive difference for Notre Dame. Looking at the schedule, this schedule is weak sauce. But you have a couple highlights. As I said, in in USC and in Clemson, teams that will earn you a bunch of national respect if you were to win or get national attention. But the best part is those teams are not dominant. Those teams are not unbeatable. Those teams are not like there's no way Notre Dame beats them. They're winnable games. And I think they win them. So my final four is Ohio State, LSU, Notre Dame, and Georgia. <sighs> I'm going to take Ohio State to play LSU in the, in, the, in the national championship. I'm putting Ohio State to play LSU in the national championship. And as of right now, uh, I'm taking Ohio State. I know, I know it seems like I'm being a homer, but I'm not. You know, I am. That pick, Ohio State, LSU, I think that that's a national championship. Ohio State versus LSU. That's what I think it is. Yep. I think LSU plays Georgia in the final. So I think Ohio State ends. No. No, 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 no. Georgia ends one. Ohio State is two, LSU is three, Notre Dame is four. I lied. I got Georgia one, Ohio State two, Notre Dame three, and LSU four. So LSU gets a rematch versus Georgia, a rematch of the SEC championship game in which Georgia won. Ohio State gets a rematch versus Notre Dame. Ohio State beats Notre Dame. LSU beats Georgia. Ohio State plays LSU in the, in the championship. I think all those ghosts come back about Ohio State in not only championship games, but also against the SEC. I think Ohio State answers the question, and Ryan Day answers the question of if he can win the big one. And I think Ohio State wins the national championship. Whew, how sweet that would be. So that's it, man. That's the big college football preview. Um, that's my time, y'all. Look, I appreciate y'all coming through for another week. This is an exciting week. As I said, college football is upon us. This is going to be awesome, man. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, listen, hit me up. Uh, follow me on all social media platforms at cyber underscore pod. That's S-I-B-R underscore P-O-D. Follow me there. Uh, I will be, um, posting stuff throughout the weekend referring to college football it's gonna be a big time weekend follow me on uh 
go check out the YouTube channel, man. It's YouTube. It's a cyber network on YouTube. It's S I B R network. Uh, go there for exclusive videos, exclusive content. I'm going to be giving you, um, reactions to big time college football moments got big time college football games i'll be giving you uh my reaction to the ohio state game if you're a fan of ohio state you want to check that out and be giving my raw honest post game reaction to all of that uh, follow me on there we're gonna be doing the same exact things for the nfl i got the uh a quick reminder i have the cyber the second annual cyber qb rankings coming out on monday it will be uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday will be the three days. I will be releasing three videos. I will also be releasing the audio content, audio form of that for uh, you people that just want to listen to the podcast and don't really care to watch the video form. But check that out. It will be coming out next week. And then on Thursday's show, we will be doing the big NFL preview, much like we did today, where I will be going over... Um, all of my division winners who I think the uh, MVP candidates will be I might even make MVP pick I'll tell you who I think is going to win the Super Bowl uh, all of that we're going to do all of that it's going to be fun it's going to be a, it's, it's going to be a great year guys like I said follow me on social media at cyber underscore pod that's s-i-b-r underscore p-o-d follow me on the YouTube channel for all this exclusive content that is soon to be coming this football season trust me you want to be there at cyber network s-i-b-r network and uh, I appreciate you guys. I will see you next week.